Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Simply Called podcast. So I'm here with my friend, Joel. Hey, what's up? <laughs> um, do you want to tell them a little bit about what you do, Joel? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I am our student director here at Church of the Pines in Tyler, Texas, and uh, it's a blast. So I get to, every Wednesday, I get to pastor students, and really all week I get to pastor students, but on Wednesday I get to speak to them and love on them a little bit more than usual. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Okay, so what this episode's going to look like, so he's basically going to be talking about that sermon that I mentioned in my very first episode that made me want to start the podcast. So our hope for this is that you are just like, yes, I want to go out in my calling. I want to do all the God-sized dreams. Um, so yeah, we're going to go ahead and get on into this episode. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining the Simply Called podcast, where we give practical ways to live like Jesus, approach the world from a godly standpoint, and suggest ways to walk in our calling. Let's get right on into the episode. Okay, so Joel, do you want to go ahead and just take it off? Sure. Well, first of all, I wanted to start by honoring you, our oh, podcast host, that's so nice. because I want to just encourage you. I think it's so awesome that you took a step of obedience. I think it's awesome that you did what you feel like the Lord has called you to do. So many people, you know, are they go back in fear. I mean, mm. even Moses, yeah. right? Like Moses was, you know, he was known for freeing, you know, God freed the Israelites, but he did it through Moses. Mm -hmm. And even Moses was like, I stutter, have all these problems, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, you look back and you're like, Moses is a legend, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you look back at the Bible and you're like, he's a hero of the Bible, but even he had this fear. And so I just want to encourage you. I mean, you are doing what you feel like God's called you to do, and you didn't step back from it. So I just wanted to honor you for that before we got into it. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, That's absolutely, so kind. absolutely. Um, yeah. So I know you mentioned that we had that the first episode you um, talked about, kind of what you know sparked this podcast, yeah. and really for me that was, you know, you'll find that a lot of pastors preach from what they're going through mm. so like <laughs> you'll hear a message and usually if it's a really good message and you're like blown away by it mm -hmm. it's because that pastor or that speaker or whoever it is has been walking through that for so long and they have so much content about it because yeah. they've been walking through that season mm -hmm. for forever and God's been showing them things and so by the time it comes out on a platform God's been showing it to them for months years you know sometimes it's not always like that you know sometimes pastors get up there and they're like we got to talk about tithing yeah. and it's, it's not always but like, everybody loves a good tithing yeah message. everybody's like give your 10 percent yeah um but at the same time there are other messages that you have to walk through it to be able to communicate it right and that was one of those for me mm. um so that was my first message here that I preached so that was like I didn't even know that That's yeah awesome. first but like besides student nights like mm -hmm. I preach every Wednesday but that was the first Sunday that Pastor Les was like I want you to preach and that was oddly enough my first day on the job so okay. <laughs> so I um I hadn't moved into which my role is a little bit weird it's assistant campus pastor mm -hmm. but at the time I was primarily just doing students mm -hmm. and um he was like I want to move you into this role so January 1st I got moved into that role and that was my first day, like Sunday, first day on the job. So like, that's wild. I almost couldn't even enjoy Christmas because I was like, I'm about to have to preach oh, for all these people. Yes. And like, so I was nervous <laughs> about it. But um, yeah, it was a cool story. And it's really what I've walked through pretty much my entire life. Mm. Um, and so the idea, and so for those of you who don't know who are listening, the idea is uh, dreams mm. and that there are, there's a God-given vision for your life. 
um, you know, everybody has a vision and everybody has something that God's given them. And if you don't have that, you know, you probably need to seek God for it. Right. But there are things in, you know, in your life that God has given you a vision for and you want to see those things come to pass. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, just growing up, I grew up as a pastor's kid. Mm -hmm. So I just totally, um, I, I did not want to be a pastor. Uh, I saw my dad go through a lot. Yeah. And I was like, that's not for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, My older brother wanted to be a pastor. And I was like, I guess great for you. At least we'll have one pastor in the family, you know, (laughs) and I will go do my thing. Yeah. Um, I made like music for a while. I did all kinds of things. I was just a knucklehead in college and um, (laughs) just grew up with this idea of I don't want to fit into the mold that I feel like has been set for me. Right. Um, what I didn't know at the time is that God had a calling on my life mm. from the very beginning to be in ministry. Yeah. Um, and so I, I can't, you can't fight with God. Right. So, <laughs> so. We still have ended for Jacob. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I kind of got to the point, um, where it was time to choose colleges, like for real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had all of high school, I, I was just very good at, um, I was very good at kind of getting by. Yeah. Um, I knew how to, I was a pastor's kid. I knew church language. I knew how to do these things. And um, I knew how to use charisma and church talk and charm to kind of get by in Mm. life up to that point. Yeah. And so I would, you know, I was just not, I was skipping classes and just being dumb and looking the part, but not really living the part. Mm -hmm. Just having so much in my life was just like, you know, looking how I should be. Yeah. And I kind of thought ministry was the same thing. Mm. I was like, I'm going to have to get on a stage and look the part, and nobody can know my struggles. Mm. But I, as long as I look like a good preacher, that's all that good. matters. Yeah. yeah. And so that didn't seem appealing to me. Um, and so I always felt like, you know, I would consider another thing that held me back was I was I would consider being a pastor sometimes. You know, growing up, I would be in middle school, high school, and I would go, Yeah, you know, maybe I could do that. Maybe mm-hmm. I could. And of course, at that time, I just thought being a pastor was like speaking on a stage. I right. didn't know anything else. I was just like, yeah, yeah, I do that. And, um, you know, I said, I can do that. And a lot of times what held me back was this lack of confidence that came from I had a dad and a brother that everyone admired, adored, mm. like loved their preaching, loved what they did. And I was that was another reason is I was like, I'm going to make my own path. I'm going to do my own thing. And yeah. it really was just kind of living out of this place of like, I don't want to just like copy what they did and, 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 and get on a stage and preach and try to, you know, and, and it was like, I, I wanted to, to be great in my own way. Right. And so I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to search for every avenue. Mm. Um, and the fault in that is I was searching for my own greatness yeah. and, <laughs> not, and not for God to be glorified. Yeah. And so you know, the summer after my senior year, I really got right with the Lord. Um, truly, truly got right with the Lord and was just desperate for him and was Mm -hmm. just like praying and praying. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to go to a school called Highlands College. Um, and Highlands College is a, at the time was a two year ministry program. Now it's a four year. It's in Birmingham, Alabama through Church of the Highlands. And, um, I went there just kind of on a whim. Yeah. And honestly, was between, because I had done music my whole life. I had played different instruments. I and, didn't know that. I mean, I know you yeah. did drums, but I didn't know that you played, like, other, can you sing yeah. too? 
Um, not as good as my wife, yeah. but I, but <laughs> Cat's I can, amazing. yeah, Cat can really sing. Yeah. I can just you know carry a tune, and yeah. I'm sure to her I'd maybe sound like you know a dying bird or something. No, um, <laughs> but um, but really like I I did I was deep into like um I made music I I recorded music I played I was a floater for our church so like if they needed a guitarist I would go to guitar if they needed a drummer I'd go to drums so I would just kind of play whatever instrument was needed utility player right there that was it (laughs) Swiss army knife yeah Yeah, yeah. so I would just you know whatever was needed I would just go do it Mm -hmm. um and I found a lot of identity in that Mm. and so honestly when I was um and, and you know I and I will say this too I found a lot of identity at it because I felt like that was the one thing that I was really good at Mm. and so and I knew that I was good at that. And so a lot of times you can hide, and I feel like this is maybe for somebody listening, you can hide um, your mistakes, your struggles, who you really are behind what you're good at. Mm. And you can hide who you really are behind what you're a professional at, the things mm. that you can do, the things yeah. that you can, you know. And that was a large part of my life is I was like, nobody has to see my struggles if I can jam on the guitar and look yeah. cool. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody has to see that secretly I'm super depressed. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was like, nobody has to see that. Yeah. And um, so I was praying. So back to the, yeah, so I was praying um, the summer before I, w- I went off and felt like the Lord wanted me to go to Highlands College. And I was between... There was they have what's called practicums based on what you want to do in ministry. Mm-hmm. So there was student practicum, and there was worship practicum, mm-hmm. and I was kind of between the two because I was like, you know, I have no experience being a student pastor. I have no experience doing any of that. Uh, I have a ton of experience in worship, yeah. But for some reason, I couldn't get students off of my mind. Mm-hmm. I just was like, this is something I've never ventured into before. I've always done music, but I just felt like the Lord. Um, I just had something I, I honestly it was it was kind of like a vision it wasn't like any, I saw anything but yeah. just like it it in my heart what it felt like was like I've always hid behind a guitar mm. and it was time to set the guitar down mm. and just walk forward and be me yeah and, th- and that was very hard to do and so I said I'm gonna do student prac and take a chance and so went to Highlands College did the uh, two-year program which was very difficult purposefully difficult because ministry is hard yeah. so they it's kind of people some people call it ministry boot camp because it's like <laughs> it's like oh, we put you through the ringer before they, we get you out there exactly that's what they do like they would sit down with us and be like okay a student brings you this situation and you how do you how are you going to respond to it and yeah. you're like oh my gosh um and so you know it was a it was a lot of that and but it really really brought me to a place and those two years as difficult as they were, I mean, it, it was awesome. I made so many friends, had so many great relationships, but like I learned what true ministry is mm. and it's people. Yeah. Like ministry's people. Like it has nothing to do with what I can do on a stage. Mm. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's hundred percent people. Um, and so, you know, I had kind of lived in this, um, from that summer. And this is really where that that's the the vision comes behind that message is mm-hmm. I had lived um, kind of with this dream my entire life that I could influence people mm-hmm. that I could that God had called me to do that I felt from a young age like yeah. no matter what I did whether it was music or just working in the business world or the secular world or just doing ministry like I just knew that God had called me to do that yeah um, but at the same time um, I kind of got into a season where I didn't feel like I was doing that at all. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, it kind of felt like, you know, and the, and the whole message that I preached was about, you know, maybe there are dreams that you buried in the past. Yeah. You know, maybe there are things that you built monuments to. Mm. And so I had felt like, you know, I got into Highlands College. And when I tell you that it humbled me so much, it did. Because whatever you think you're talented at, <laughs> there's going to be somebody that's way better right. than you. Yeah. And when you grew up in a small town in Mississippi like I did. Yeah. Um, you you it's it's a lot easier to be very good at a craft Mm. and and um when you go to Birmingham Alabama where there's people that specialize in this stuff and they're so good at it yeah you get to a place where you're like lord I don't know what I'm doing like there are so many people that can do a way better job than I can at Mm -hmm. everything yeah and what that does is it really brings you to a place of you can't hide behind your talent anymore Mm. you can't hide behind like what you're good at or what you're professional at, you have to depend on God's grace for your life. Cause you're like, which, you know, I should have been doing all along, but you know, I think the Lord had to remove those things. And, um, I found myself two years in Highlands college with, with zero opportunities to, uh, speak from a stage, Mm -hmm. zero opportunities to do anything public. I literally served in the background, like, put out a church we have connection cards you know mm-hmm. we put them in the back of the seat. yes <laughs> put, putting those out every Sunday you know sweeping the back hallways at the church like yeah. just like doing these things that was like you know the Lord was forming something in me and it was humility and it was you know just I had to be dependent on my relationship with him because mm-hmm. I didn't have anything else yeah um and walked through that for two years fast forward um we graduate and we come to, you know, we Kat, my wife, is the worship director here, and she has an interview to be the worship director. So we fly out to Tyler. We meet Pastor Les, who's our pastor here at Church of the Pines, and meet him. He loves Kat, decides to hire her. So I move here with Kat. I'd, I was not promised any kind of ministry position. Yeah. I was not promised any kind of anything. So I just kind of came here with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... You know, I had already kind of been in a season for two years of feeling very, like, anonymous. Mm, that's and hard this, for a three, too. It's very, very hard. <laughs> very difficult. Um, yeah. And so I'm feeling anonymous. And then uh, there was no promise of a job. Yeah. There was no promise of anything here either. And I just knew, but I just knew, again, it was the same thing, like, with student prac, like, that I just knew the Lord wanted me here. Mm-hmm. And so I just came with Kat. I was like, you know, I said, I know there's not a place for both of us right now. I mean, there is in the church, but not as far as like a staff position. Right. Uh, so there's position, I, yeah. exactly. So I said, I know there's not a place for both of us, but I feel like this is right. Mm-hmm. And man, I fought for, and it affected our marriage. I mean, it affected so much because like it, I, I just felt like I was riding on her coattail for a long time. Yeah. And I felt like I was just in a position of, which, by the way, super supportive. Love her so yes, much. I think she. she I think she. I, I. I think she's so supportive, and she helped me through a lot of it. And I love her. I mean, I think she did. She. Um, it happened the right way. Yeah. Because like, I had to go through that season, and yeah. I'll get to that. But like, she. Her in that season, um, I was so proud of her. Uh, and it's so and and anybody who's like married knows this like it's it is and I mean not not even married it's in a relationship that's serious like if you you are so happy for the other person but you're not where you want to be it's a very tricky place to be because you are like I'm not where I feel like I should be Mm -hmm. but I know my spouse is so I'm gonna cheer them celebrate them yeah and it's like a very it's again it's a very humbling position to be in it's Mm -hmm. just like I'm here to celebrate you right now and as much as that hurts and um not to celebrate her but just to feel 
what I was going through. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so then there was a year and a half for free. Um, I just served in our student ministry, which is great. I, yeah. I loved it. Um, but again, I was not in uh, full-time ministry. And so I lived in this season of like, you know, and, and by the way, a year and a half for some people in ministry, like there, I've heard of people, there was a guy that told me a couple weeks ago that he went 17 years being an unpaid volunteer youth pastor. So that is, so my year and a half is like nothing. Uh, Yeah. So, so that is, yeah. So like, I look at that and I'm like, I didn't go through anything compared to you. Um, but the thoughts that I've had since I was a kid, you know, the reason why I went back as far as I did is because those same thoughts that I had of like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, not adequate. I'm not the right person to do this. Mm. Maybe I'm not meant for this. Like the yeah. same things attacked me in this season. Cause mm. I was like, man, if I was good enough, I would be in a position mm. I, w- I would be. Um, and I got so wrapped up with the title portion of it. Like yeah. I would have a title. I would be this, I'd be that. And especially when you go to ministry school and you see all these people that are working at churches and have titles and have positions yeah. and they're killing it. And you're seeing that on Instagram it's and you're, yeah. and then your comparison kicks in. Yeah. And so, you know, it was a very, it was a, it was a season up and I'm saying all this, you know, very grateful for it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm super grateful for the, that time. Um, because it taught me how it, it shows me how blessed I am in this season. And mm-hmm. I'm thankful for this, you know, yeah. instead of, complaining every day I can wake up and go I can't believe I get to do this like yeah. I'm in this season yeah um but it was just such a long process of feeling anonymous feeling like I'm not where I should be feeling like and then November literally this is not that long ago like eight months ago eight or nine months ago last November uh, uh our pastor took me out to lunch and was like we're ready for you. We've got a spot for you. And like, it's so hard not to like freak out like a girl whenever <laughs> someone like when you've been waiting for something yes, like that. It's exciting. And so like, we're like eating our sandwiches and like trying not to choke. Cause I'm like so excited. <laughs> like, and so, and so not that long ago. So like, you know, I was that I, I felt like, and, and you know, it's funny. I, I had people tell me in that season, they're like, your life's not going to like, you, you know, we tend to idolize and we tend to say the grass is always greener. Right. And so like I had, I had a mentor in my life tell me like, Hey, I need you to get into the mindset of my life is not going to be better because I'm in that position, mm. but it is going to be a little bit easier. Mm. Like, but it, that doesn't mean your life's going to be better. You're still going to have problems. Right. You're still going to have things. Yeah. And so I emotionally prepared myself for that. Like I was, you know, cause you think once I get there, we're going to be good. Everything's but it's like, great. then there's yeah. a whole new set of problems. Right. And so, um, but I came on staff and literally my first day or, or when we sat down there in, in November and had lunch and he told me that he was like, and I want you to preach on your first day, January 1st, <laughs> New Year's day. So I was like, great. <laughs> so we sat down, we had that conversation and because of what I walked through, I instantly knew what you're talking what about. I wanted to talk yeah. about. And it's like, that is, to me, all of that encompasses what it means to be a believer, mm. what it means to be a Christian. You preach what you walk through. Yeah. Like you preach what you've been through. Mm. And um, that story didn't include any kind of 
seriously heavy trauma or like <laughs> crazy stuff that's yeah. like some people's testimonies I hear them and I'm like dude I have nothing on yeah. you because like, yeah. like <laughs> they've been you, through it yeah you were like dead in a ditch and yeah. God revived you like <laughs> yeah. I did not have that I did not have that I just had you know some little com- some little comparison issues and pride issues and yeah. stuff like that but but God uses anything mm. and um yeah so that so I, I feel like that encompasses what it means to be a believer mm. is you preach what you walk through. Yeah. It's like you look at the disciples in their life and you look at what, you know, they did and what they preached. It was the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. And it was like that, that's what a testimony is. It's a testament to where I've been. Yeah. And, um, I feel like that is honestly lacking a lot today. Mm. There's a lot of, there's a lot of self-help, preaching there's a lot of you need to do three steps to grow yourself as a leader and there's not a lot which is needed yes but there's not a lot of this is where I've been I'm going to be vulnerable with the pulpit exactly exactly and I feel like one of the biggest things that we that we desperately need is vulnerability 100% and I think that 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 was I mean that is literally how the in, in the early church that's what the disciples did right that's what Paul did. I mean, that's what these churches were doing. Was were saying, "This is how Jesus changed my life." Because before that, everything was rules. Yeah. Ten Commandments, the synagogue. We got to yeah. be right before God. Everything's got to be good. And the beautiful thing about Jesus, is He took all those rules and just made it love God, love people. Yeah. And yeah. like, if you do those things, all those rules will happen naturally. Right. All those things will just happen out of your life. And what that is is it's a testimony. It's like I, I, because I love God and I love other people. I, I, I don't have to, like, the. You, you can go read the Old Testament if you want to see the Ten Commandments. You can go do that. But yeah. I'm going to tell you my story and how God changed me. And I believe if you fall in love with Jesus through that, all those things will correct itself. Yeah. Just because you love Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah. That's I the, love that. That's the story. Yeah. <laughs> you can see God through that, too. Like, we... Um, I forget who spoke last night. Do you know do you know his name? <laughs> uh, Mitch. Pastor Mitch Rose. Yeah. He was talking about, like, through those seasons. You can't, like, name them when you're in them. But, like, afterwards, mm. then, like, you see God. And I've seen that so much within my own life, too, where it's, like, you walk through a really rough, stressful season, and then you mm. see God. Like, last summer, I was working full-time. I was taking three summer classes. So, like, mm. <laughs> my job, my life consisted of um, waking up, going to work, my lunch break, doing, watching lectures, going home, doing homework, like, repeat, like, every single day. Yeah. And so that just leaves you. And I wasn't reading a lot because mm. I just, like, quote-unquote, didn't have time for it. And so yeah. then I experienced, like, I'm not an anxious person naturally. Mm-hmm. Like I've experienced before, I'm not super anxious, but during that time I was like experiencing severe anxiety, like having panic attacks. Like, this is not normal for me. Yeah. And, um, during one of those like panic attacks, the Lord literally like showed me I'm Elroy, which means God who sees me. Wow. And like, that is who God is. And like, after that season, I've seen his faithfulness mm-hmm. and how he's there for me. Like he's a comforter. He knows me. And like this past season, which I've talked about a lot, but like I've dealt with fear a lot, mm-hmm. you know, cause fear stems with control. And you talked about that at freedom conference. I literally was like sobbing when you talked about <laughs> fear, like bawling my eyes off. It's like, this is me. Everything you're saying is correct. Um, but like God is our comforter and like, it's not up mm-hmm. to me. Like I can lay my burdens down and so you do see like the character of God like different characters of God Mm -hmm. the more that you go through and how how like we as people are meant to 
relate, right? Like we're meant Mm -hmm. to be vulnerable with one another. And so if there's not vulnerability, then we're going to get this, like put on a fake face when you go to church, you're going to be okay. And then leave. There's Mm -hmm. no growth there. That's what the devil wants us. You know, like he wants us to stay hurt. He wants us to stay um, living in those secret sins. And like, that's what community is all about. And that's what having fellowship with others is all about. And so I love Mm -hmm. that, you know, like you want to see that vulnerability in the pulpit and like, no, the pastors are not perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, like some people, I've heard a story where like some people don't want to know what their pastor's going through. I'm like, why would you not, why would you not want to know? Yes. (laughs) He is a real life person with real life struggles, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and then you see that, you know, now, like with lots of different churches, people like falling down and then it's blowing up. Right. Mm-hmm. Because no one was there for him. I mean, I don't know. Cause I don't know those pastors, yeah. but like, imagine what would have happened if he would have been honest with somebody and been like, this mm-hmm. is what I'm going through. Then like yeah. that fall wouldn't have happened, you know? Right. And so I love that. That was great. The, well, the biggest lie, one of the biggest lies of the enemy is that your identity is your reputation. Yeah. And it's not your reputation. Your identity is in God. Yeah. And the biggest, I mean, oh man, I could talk about that for hours. Because, <laughs> because one of the biggest things that that the that the enemy tries to get you to believe is that you you're influencing other people, mm-hmm. and so they're going to lose respect for you. Yeah. If they find out what you're going through. Yeah. They're going to lose respect for you. You, you you're not going to be on that plot. And so I'm like, dude, the the, <laughs> the the guy who literally Jesus said like no one in the kingdom is like him Mm -hmm. john the baptist Mm -hmm. wore like camel hair (laughs) (laughs) and like ate what locusts Locusts and honey yeah Yeah. i'm like nobody that dude's reputation like (laughs) nobody wanted to look like yeah he had no nobody like he had followers that loved him and were loyal to him but everybody else thought he was a kook. Yeah. Like nobody was like, "Oh, John the Baptist, that dude is awesome." Yeah, and like what a cool guy. <laughs> that's like yeah. exactly. I want to be like that guy. Yeah. And so, but like, here is Jesus who's saying, "No, like there is no one in heaven right now that is like John." Mm-hmm. And it's like that is crazy. That dude over there. It's like because here's the thing: is John John was successful. Mm-hmm. Not to the world standards, right. but to God's standards. Yeah. And we need to redefine what success, because mm. success is obedience. Mm, that's like good. success <laughs> is obedience to God. Yeah. And a lot of times we say, we think success again. It's all wrapped up on our reputation. Mm. I've got to achieve this. I've got to be this. And I I do it too. Look, that first Sunday I preached, I was like, I got to knock it out of the park because this is my first time. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I want it to be good. Like and. But it was the wrong, it, it wasn't like, and, the, and I feel like the Lord really got a hold of me towards the end of preparing for that message. But mm-hmm. like for a while it was like, it's got to be good because I need people to know I can do this and I'm yeah. competent and like whatever. And so that's what we get so wrapped up in. Trying to prove yourself to others. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's like, I could get up there and say something and be obedient to the Lord and it make me look like an idiot. But if people's lives got changed, that's success. All that matters, right. It's like, you know, and... I think that we've got to we've got to picture success and we've got to picture all of that as obedience. Mm. Like that's what it is. Like yeah. if, if I'm obedient to God, it doesn't matter what I look like to other people. It doesn't matter the the vibe I'm putting off to other people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like you've got to be true to what God has called you to do. Yeah. And like that's success. It, it that that is the only definition for it. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not, but your identity is not what people think about you. Mm. It's not your reputation. 
it is a hundred percent. And again, you, you mentioned being a three. Yeah. Um, I'm also a three on the Enneagram. Yes. And so I want to be seen as competent. Yeah. I want to be seen as I know what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and I want to be seen as not only do I know what I'm doing, but I go above and beyond and I'm successful at it. And I get, sometimes your identity can get so wrapped up in what you're seen as. And Mm -hmm. it's like, if I'm seen this way, then I'm successful because everybody sees me as this. I've gained, I've earned their respect. Yeah. And man, it's, it's, there was a quote and I'm trying to think of it. I've been, I've been trying to remember it. I think, I think it goes like, um, if you live, if you live by man's affirmation, then you'll die by their lack of it. Mm. Or if you live by man's affirmation, you'll die by their criticism or something, something along those lines. Like if you live by, what people say about you and really what it is is it's lacking a kingdom perspective yeah this life you've got 70 80 years more than that if you're lucky (laughs) so it's like if that's the amount of time I have to live fully for Jesus and everything else is eternity and all that matters is what I'm doing for God like people people get so wrapped up in what people think of them right now Mm. and that does not matter it is inconsequential it doesn't matter like um, I had a friend who, <laughs> he's, a, he's a, actually a youth pastor in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and his name's Justin. Uh, shout out Justin Lyles. <laughs> he um, he went in front of a store when he first got saved. I remember him telling me the story. He he and he put a T-shirt on. He was on fire for God. Just got saved. He put on a white T-shirt and he wrote on it in Sharpie, "Ask me why I'm standing here." And like people would just come up, why are you standing here? And he would just share his testimony mm. with people. And people were just getting saved in front of the Walmart. Like, you know, right next to like the Salvation Army yes. bell guy. <laughs> <laughs> Walmart. But like, that's a kingdom mindset. Yeah. It's like, I don't care if I look like an idiot standing outside of Walmart with a shirt like this. Like mm. that, like, because success is obedience. And if I feel like I'm called to go out and share the gospel and I want to get creative with it and wear a t-shirt like this right. and go out, then I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, so. We get so distracted mm. with like earthly things and earthly, like me personally, I found myself these past couple months, like mm. I, Bryce and I have been dating for like three and a half years. Like mm. we're so close to marriage. And so like, I find myself thinking about it. Like I will be happy when I get married. Like I will yeah. feel fulfilled when I get married. Yeah. I will like all these things. And that's putting one too much pressure on him. Mm-hmm. And two, that's like, that's not what God, that's exactly what the devil wants. Yeah. He wants me to be so distracted on the future mm-hmm. and like not thinking about the present where I can't be as effective for the kingdom as I need to be because and that is ultimately like a spiritual battle you know is Mm -hmm. that like the devil's trying to throw lies in your way and that's what like comparison is that's lies from the devil right Mm -hmm. and so he's been trying to like distract me from Mm -hmm. you know what the Lord wants me to do and like pouring into other people Mm -hmm. and like being bold and going to talk to people about Jesus, like those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Cause whenever I'm focused on the future, when I'm focused on like, okay, I'll be so content when, you know, like that's one putting false standard. I'm a very, so I'm the type of person who like sets way too high expectations and then I get let down like super easily. (laughs) Me too. And like, I loved how you said it was spoke to me, like what you were talking about, about how we, you know, as soon as you get somewhere, then that op- that opens the door for new problems. And like everybody's mm-hmm. like, Audrey, it's not going to be as easy as like rem- like all the things as mm-hmm. you think it's going to be. Like it's not yeah. going to be this great. I mean, marriage is great. I'm sure you could mm-hmm. tell me all about it. But like, it's not going to be what fulfills me, right? Mm-hmm. And like as a three, it's hard to. It's literally a daily battle for me to not wake up and want others' approvals and be satisfied with that because I mm-hmm. I end up like 
wanting more always. Yeah. And so like having to remind myself that what the Lord says I am, like mm-hmm. I pray, you know, Lord, like show me what you want for me. Show me like who you say I am, mm-hmm. where am I going? Like, what is my path? And when I'm walking in that, I really do feel at peace. Yeah. Like I was today, for example, like I'm called to be a teacher. That's what the mm-hmm. Lord has put on my heart as my micro mission, right? Cause our, our main mission is like going out and spreading Absolutely. the gospel. Yeah. And so my micro mission is teaching. And so I was like setting for my content test today and I just get like excited, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. you got excited when you got offered that, you know? Yeah. And so I was just excited to eventually be there and be that light to others. And so like God calls mm-hmm. me to that. And I have to remind myself constantly to like take one step at a time. Like I'm trying to pass mm-hmm. a content test. That's yeah. like pretty hard. It's like a certification exam, yeah. one of three. And so like, I need to get my priorities straight and like remember mm. what God says I am I can't even be a good wife if I don't have a good you know like up here I'm yeah. putting my hands up and down like me and God if mm. we're not straight then like we're yeah. not I'm not gonna be able to be successful in anything mm. that I do you know yeah. and like I see in my own life too when I'm not reading the word of God when I'm not spending time with him then mm. like everything else is failing and yeah. like anxiety and all these things and mm. so comparison really creeps in for me too yeah. and so that's what I've seen in my past season of life yeah when, and I, what you said is so true. You know, I, I think the story of Joseph, um, one of the, th- I love unpacking this, his story because everything that he, you know, he got sold into slavery. He yeah. was in prison. Yeah. All of these things. Everything that happened to Joseph was important to the season when he was on top as it was like, like everything that happened to him in prison, everything that happened, like mm. when he was number two to Pharaoh. Yeah. All of that stuff that happened was actually necessary for where he was. Mm-hmm. Like, so, for instance, um, when he was in prison, the the cupbearer, mm-hmm. the relationships that he had with the people that he had down there, he was obedient to the Lord. He interpreted their dreams. Yeah. He, he just, he stewarded where he was well. Mm-hmm. And the cupbearer was the reason why he got out of prison. Yeah. You know, the cupbearer told Pharaoh, Pharaoh, um, I'm sorry, Joseph comes out of prison. Um, and then the, like the things that he stewarded during that time, mm-hmm. the same relationships, yeah, the same habits that he formed, mm. like the same thing. So the same gifts he used in the dark were the same ones he used in the light. Yeah. Like he, he interpreted dreams for those guys. When the cupbearer told Pharaoh, Hey, Joseph's down there. They get Joseph. Joseph interprets dreams for Pharaoh mm-hmm. becomes his number two. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, he was interpreting dreams for these random guys in prison. Mm. And then God used that. Now he's interpreting dreams for, for who's over Egypt, which at the time is like the world's superpower. At right. That time. Like, so Pharaoh's like, yeah. yeah so <laughs> and fears him. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So it's like the concept. And I, I actually preached a series on this in students, um, called anonymous. Mm. Again, like you just preach what you live. Yeah. And, um, it was called anonymous and it was about that. It was about whatever's going on in your life in that season. Like you feel like you're in the dark. You feel like you're not seen by anybody. You mm-hmm. feel like this is happening. What you're going through right now, the same challenges, the same things that you're facing, God's going to use those same things when you finally get to the season where you feel like you're headed. Yeah. Like when you finally get to the light outside of the tunnel, Mm -hmm. you're going to realize what you learned in the dark, what you had in there is still necessary for you. Yeah. And it's honestly what propelled you. Right. And when I was in a season where I was just volunteering, I mean, probably over 20 hours a week, just like going at it. Um, I learned so much doing that 
and the relationships, the things that, that happen. I mean, I remember, just to give an example, I remember I preached at my church, my home church in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, I preached there right before I moved to Texas. When I came back and preached the second time, remember my my dad telling me my dad's been preaching for like 30 years mm-hmm. he's like hey i don't know what has been happening in the past year but like your communication style and and just your preaching has just gone up like seven notches mm-hmm. like you're able to communicate so much better and i was in a season where i was like everything i'm doing just feels useless everything i'm doing just feels you know and but like god used that season, those relationships, those gifts, everything that I felt like I wasn't being seen. Mm -hmm. I felt like I wasn't being acknowledged. I just felt in the dark, like God was using it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's the thing is like the grass does always seem greener. But at the same time, what you're going through now is necessary for you. Just like it was for Joseph. Like the gift of interpreting dreams, the relationships, everything that happened in that prison was necessary for him when he was number two of Egypt. Because, you know, he talks about the famine. He was able to save Egypt from a famine because he was able to hear from God. And it was like he was able to hear from God because he had experience hearing from God. Because he was in prison and he heard from God. Because he was sold by his brothers and he had to rely on God. It's like, literally had had to rely on God. So it's like, it's like uh, what literally I mean, I've said it seven times already, but literally what you're going through is going to propel you and prepare you for what God's taking you to. Yeah. hundred percent. How would yeah. you like, let's think, how would you encourage someone during that season, even though it seems hard and it seems like far away to like stay. And even like after this conversation, like I feel very encouraged just by what you <laughs> had to say to like go and read more and like focus on this, on, you know, the eternal mindset. So like what advice would you give to someone or how would you encourage someone who like was feeling anonymous or feeling like, mm-hmm. you know, the future is so out of reach and this is never going to happen for me. And you're feeling, you know, like kind of downcast, like how would you mm-hmm. give advice to them? Yeah. I would say number one, you're already in the season that God has for you. Mm. That's so, good. so yeah. So I think we view it as I'm waiting, mm. and you're not waiting. You're in it. Like you're so in good. you're in the mission field wherever you're at right now. Um, you're working a job you don't want to work, so you can do school for the job that you do want to do, or you're you know you're taking classes, or you're in an apprenticeship program, or you're doing something. That's where God has you right now. Mm. So like, th- the best skill. I, that I'm that I'm working on that I'm not good at that I'm trying to be good at is the skill of contentness mm. like and it's like being content where you're at so like like if if you're in a season where I'm I'm wanting to be somewhere else just shut that down yeah like God's if you truly believe God's timing is perfect mm. be content in the season you're in and God when it's time, like a waiting room, he'll come get you, except you're not waiting again. But <laughs> <laughs> you're not waiting. Uh, like, the, what actually what I like to say to people is, um, uh, it's like waiting on a table. Like, in the meantime, I'm asking God, what do you, what do you want from me? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, I said, in fact, in that message I preached in the new year, I, I was talking about how the best waiters are the ones that refill your drink right away. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so true. I was like, that's what, that's what waiting is, is it's not like I'm, it's waiting is not passive. Mm. It's active. So good. And so if we view, and so I guess in a way it's a season of waiting, but it's not waiting as we view it. Like it's not, and not like I'm sitting there 
waiting impatient. for impatient yeah exactly yeah. it's like i'm i'm where god has me right now mm-hmm. and even though i am technically waiting for the place that i want to be i'm active in it yeah so like and and i would just say if you constantly if you can't go to bed every night without thinking of where you want to be there's a problem mm. there, there's a problem with that and i know because i've lived it like you have to be able to go to bed with a content mindset and understand that that I, I am where God's called me to be right now. Yeah. And like I would just recommend like if you're listening and you feel like I can't stop thinking about where I want to be, mm. and I would just encourage you. I think that's deeper than than um, just your career path. I think that's deeper than just where you want to be. I think there's probably there, there's something that's keeping you from being content. And it's probably because that relationship with God is not, it's not super tight right now. Mm. And I would say if, if your relationship with God is in a solid place and you trust God and you have faith in God, then you can be in a state of contentness. I truly yeah. believe that. I do. Um, and that's not to say that you'll never struggle if, you're, if right. you know God. But that is yeah. to say that if you truly trust God, then you can lay your head on your pillow at night and go, Okay, Lord, I trust you. And I would just search your, I would search your heart. I would search your life. And I would say, why can't I be okay with where I am? Yeah. Where does this stem from? What's exactly. the root of the problem? What's the yeah. root of it? Like if you literally cannot stop thinking about where you want to be, I'm just going to tell you, just like we've talked about before, when you get there, it's not going to be all sunshine and roses. There's going to be a whole new set of problems that comes with that. There's never going to be a season in life where you go to bed at night and you say everything was great. Hmm. Like there are going to be problems. Right. There's going to be issues and we idealize things and we think this is going to be amazing. This is going to be perfect. Um, It's not. Yeah. (laughs) But the beauty of knowing Jesus is being content in the struggle. Mm. And and that's what I say. But and the second thing I would say, too, is the book. There's a book called Anonymous. Um, I don't know who it's by. I cannot think of the author. But there's a book called Anonymous, and it um, is amazing. I read it, actually, in preparation for preaching that series. Mm. And it is all about Jesus' hidden years. So Mm. Jesus had 30 years before he came out and did three years of ministry. Mm -hmm. If you think about the ratio of his life, all it says, we have one verse. Luke 2.52. Besides when Jesus was found at the temple by his parents, we Mm -hmm. have one verse. Luke 2.52. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. That was what he did for 30 years. So it was like... <laughs> Not much of a backstory. Exactly. So it was like, it's like Jesus, like the son of God is the son of God, like has the most significance of any human being to ever live on right. the planet. Like has every reason to be prideful, has every reason to say, to assert power over everybody, has mm-hmm. every reason like, but yet he in humility just decided to grow for 30 years just decided and grow in and really in the darkness like Mm. was not seen by anybody did not do anything in fact the only people who really recognized him as the son of god were the people who god appeared to and told them which was which was mary and joseph Mm -hmm. and uh john the baptist you know his family Mm -hmm. it it was like those were the only people that were like oh jesus is like jesus had not made his ministry public jesus had not so it's like there were 30 years that were, I like to call them formative years. Like mm-hmm. he was being formed. Yeah. And um, if you think about that ratio, it was 30 and three. Mm-hmm. So it was like, for th- he prepared. And I told our students this, I was like, you feel like you, you read a couple of verses and you want to be an expert or you read a, a book about something and you want to be able to conquer the world. And it's yeah. like, 
Jesus's life was 33 ratio. Yeah. He spent 30 years of preparation to do three years of ministry. Yeah. It's like he grew and 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 learned about God for 30 years. Yeah. And what I like to tell our students too is like we're lifelong learners. Mm. Like we're not I think a lot of people think I'm going to learn for this many years and then I'm going to go into it. No, you're going to learn your whole life. Continual learning. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So yeah, I would but I would find that book um, I'll link it when, once we find yes. it. I'll link it. Yes. And like show notes. And because I, I, I guarantee, you, as soon as we shut this off, I'm it's going to come it. to his brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's going to come to my brain. I'm yeah. going to Google it. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I would say. Well, thank you, Joel, so much for being here. Absolutely. You've encouraged me so much, and so yeah. I know that you're going to encourage other people with this. Um, thank you for your obedience to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just hope that you know it spoke to somebody, and it mm-hmm. was me. You spoke to me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Joel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening, and I hope that y'all stay tuned for our next episode and y'all just have a great week thank you awesome